Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you. Matthew chapter 15. We're going to slide down to verse number 22. And we'll read 22 through 28. Maybe we'll get to 28. Or maybe we'll lead 28 uh, a little later. When you're there, say amen. amen. When you're ready to follow, say amen. Hallelujah. Verse 22 says this. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Those are some powerful words. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Jesus, you are the mighty God. You are the everlasting Father. We've come today to seek you. We've come today to worship you. We've come today, Lord God, to receive all that you will give unto us. More importantly, Lord, we know we have needs in our life. And we seek you for those needs to be met today. Lord, let us not leave this place today. Will you do something special, miraculous, and great in our life? That, Lord, we will never be the same again. That our reverence for you will be different. Lord God, that our passion towards you will be different. That our commitment towards you will be different. That our faithfulness to you will be different. That our obedience to you will be different. Jesus, will you do what only you can do? We're weak, but thou art strong. Lord, now will you move miraculously and powerfully among your people? We are your people that are called by your name. And God, we cannot live without you. We cannot make it without you. Lord, we desire, Lord Jesus, the eternal life that you had promised. And so we say, work, Lord Jesus, work. For we want your will to be done. We ask you these things in Jesus' name. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The woman of Canaan was called a Canaanite by Matthew. Mark described her as a Gentile, a Syrophoenician woman. 
Both descriptions are correct. She was not one of the God's chosen people who Jesus was sent to minister unto. That's very important to understand as we move forward in our text. She was not a chosen vessel there. She was not the person or the people that God was sent to go minister unto. She was a Gentile. To try to get some understanding of a Gentile, just look at it as this. There are Christians today, and there are people that are not Christians. Those that are not Christians in this world that we know today, they're Gentiles. Today, I would like to entitle this message, What Will You Do for Your Miracle? What will you do for your miracle? The Jewish audience which Matthew spoke to would have immediately understood the significance of Jesus helping this woman because it was the Canaanites, the children of Israel, had to battle against for the possession of the land God had given to them, the land of Canaan. And so for us as people, even them back then, we like to hold grudges. And they had to battle. When God said, Canaan belongs to you, they didn't just walk in and possess Canaan. There were people in the land. And so they had to battle to take hold of what God had promised them. And so they was they were at odds with the Canaanites. So for this Canaanite woman to come to Jesus and desire something of Jesus, and for Jesus even to respond to her, that was supposed to be a no-no according to us. How did this woman from Canaan, a Gentile woman, know Jesus could meet her need? How did she know that? What made her go and seek after him? How could she have known that Jesus could meet her need? She had a need and she sought Jesus, but she knew Jesus was able to meet her need. Oftentimes I wondered. When I read in the Bible where people seek after Jesus for their need, how did they know Jesus would meet their need? When we read about these people in the Bible and they, they cried out to Jesus and they reached out to Jesus and wherever Jesus was, they, they went where he was because they wanted to get his attention to see what he would do for them. Well, how did they know Jesus was able to meet their need? It's simple. They heard about him. Everyone that seek Jesus for their need, they did it because they heard about this man named Jesus. They heard that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They heard that he can do miracles. They heard that he can do great things. And so they heard about this Jesus. And so when they heard what he could do and who he was, they sought him. 
And so today, I'm asking you in this house, have you heard about Jesus? Have you heard about what he has done? Have you heard about what he can do? Have you heard that he is the king of kings? Have you heard that Jesus is God Almighty manifest as a man? Have you heard that he died for you? Have you heard that he raised from the dead? Have you heard that he ascended to heaven? Have you heard all the miracles that he did while he walked this earth. Have you heard? Then why we don't get like this woman got? Then why we don't get like the blind man that says, Jesus, oh, son of God, have mercy upon me. And he sought Jesus and the disciples told him, be quiet, leave Jesus alone. But when they told him that all the more, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Why don't we do the same and we have heard about this Jesus? Why don't we do the same when we know about this Jesus? Why are we just content in where we are and how we're living when we heard about this Jesus, what he can do and who he is? Why? Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. We've heard about the great things that you've done. We read this Bible and we say we believe this Bible that we read. We believe that this is the word of God. We believe that what we read is true. But God, if we believe that, why aren't we being like the woman of Canaan? Why aren't we being like blind Bartimaeus? Why aren't we being like the man that wanted his son to be healed? The centurion. Why aren't we being like these people we read about when we say we believe you. When we say you can do miracles, when we say you can meet our needs, why are we complacent? Why are we sitting idle? Why are we still doing what we want to do and not seeking after you? Why, God? Hallelujah. Why, Jesus? God, I don't want to just be religious, oh God. I just don't want to come to church, Lord God. I don't even just want to pray because I know I'm supposed to pray. I just don't want to read the Bible because I'm supposed to read the Bible. I must have an encounter with you. I must hear your voice. I must interact with you. I must feel your power and and since your presence, I need to see and I must experience your miracle. There is miracles that need to be done in our lives, oh God. And today, Lord, don't let us leave here without you giving us a miracle. We need a miracle in our life, Lord God. And we're crying out to you, God. Give us a miracle today. Give us a miracle today, oh God. We have great need. I know that when we read the scriptures, we saw 
that people encountered Jesus. He was physically walking the earth. So they were able to know, well, he's over in Samaria, in Samaria. So let's go to Samaria and meet Jesus. We know he's over in Galilee. So let's go to Galilee and meet Jesus. And so today we're sitting here in the fire station, in the room, in the fire station. And we're saying, he's not in Princeton. He's not in West Trenton. He's not in Plainsboro. Oh, he's not in Florence. Then where is Jesus? I'm here to tell you. And Jesus want me to tell you. He is present everywhere all at once. It's not about him being here physically. He ascended to heaven, but he left his spirit in this earth. And his spirit and him are not separated. He is his spirit. He is the son. He is the father. There is one God. And the Spirit is Him. His Word is Him. His glory is Him. He is here. He is present. He is available to you. If you seek, you will find. He is present. If you will seek, if you will begin to feel after Him, if you will begin to reach out to Him, if you will begin to call on Him, you will, you will find Him. You will experience Him. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It's, it's great to see Jesus and believe, but blessed are those that don't see. Oh God, you're not hearing me. It was great that the apostles was able to see him. And because they saw him, they were able to do things. And that's great. And God appreciates it. But he said, blessed are they that have not seen yet. Yet they believe. I believe that the people of now that don't see God physically walking this earth, but know that God is real, but know that God is able. I believe the blessings, I believe the things that God will do for us will be greater. I believe it will be more powerful because we did not see Him physically, yet we believed, and yet we responded, and yet we called on Him, and yet we cried out to Him because we didn't see but we believe and we had faith and we reached out and we cried out, blessed are they that have not seen but believe. We want to be like the apostles. Oh God, I want to see you. Oh God, I want to walk with you. But that time has come and gone. We're in a different time. And now we must follow after him. We must believe him without seeing him. God help us today. Oh God help us today. Hallelujah. Oh blessed be your name. And so when we seek him, we will find him. We might not find him. Uh, 
physically as a human standing or sitting, uh, but we're going to find him in a spiritual way. Uh, You're going to have encounter with him. Uh, You're going to have discussions with him. Uh, You're going to have conversations with him. Uh, I've sat down and just say, God, uh, I don't understand. Will you talk to me? And he will talk to me. Oh, I've called and said, God, I don't even know what to pray. Will you direct my steps? Will you help me to understand? And he will direct my steps and help me to understand. It's just by faith. It's just knowing that God is right there with you. It's just knowing that God will do if you will ask him. It's just knowing who God is and God will respond when faith is in operation and when you sit and you say, Jesus, I'm here. I know you're here. I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't know what it is that stops me from getting closer to you. I don't know what it is why I can't grow in Christ. I don't know what it is why the situation just persists and I can't get past it. I can't get over it. I can't get under it. I don't know what it is why the situation will not leave me and free me. But God, I'm calling on you today. God, I'm crying out to you today. I can't continue this way. I can't make it this way. I need more of you to work in my life. I need more of you and less of me. I need you, Lord God, to be in the midst of my situation. I need to be victorious. I need to be, oh God, overcoming. I need to be strong. I need to be your instrument, your conduit. I need to be the one that will give you praise, that will give you honor, that will give you glory. I don't want to fake this thing out. I don't want to act like I've got I got it together when I really don't. I want it to be real to me, Jesus. I want it to be real. I want it to be real, God. I can't, I can't do it. If it's not going to be real, I'm not going to be able to do it. We I've come to a place where we don't believe we have need for a miracle. I got I to talk to you a little bit right now. We don't believe we have needs. We, we, we don't think that. <laughs> because I believe that, that, that if we really believe we had a need for a miracle... I believe that we will operate in a different way. If we felt like there's a miracle that we needed in our life, I believe that we will operate in a different way. We wouldn't worry about getting embarrassed. We wouldn't worry about the unthinkable. We would just do the unthinkable and not worry about how do I look and will I be embarrassed and what people will say about me. If you're worried about what people will say, if you're worried about being embarrassed, if you're worried about doing something that might not be the normal thing, then you don't know that you have a need. And you don't think you have a need. You must think everything is all good. This woman's daughter was in trouble. Wasn't even her, it was her daughter. She knew she had a need. And I just believe that 
we might not think we have a need. We just think everything is all good. I believe what we do a lot of times is compare ourselves with others. And God told us not to do that. I believe we compare ourselves with others and say, well, I know this is kind of tough for me right now. Well, I know I have a little issue in this area right now. But you know what? I'm looking over there and they wear, they doing worse off than me. I'm not doing that bad. And even though I feel like I need to get this right in my life, I'm not doing that bad because them over there, oh, they are a mess. So I'm not doing so bad. And so I can come to church and I can sit down and just listen to the word and get some intellectual information. And I will leave out and tell somebody, yeah, I was in church. And yeah, here's what I heard. And this made sense. But you went home in the same situation that you came to church leaving behind. How often, how many times are you going to come inside the house of God and go out and it's the same old, same old, the same situation, your same issues, your same concerns, your same struggles. How many times you're going to come and leave and nothing change and then you want to tell somebody, I serve a miracle working God. I serve a delivering God. Well, why he ain't delivering you? Well, why he ain't work no miracles for you? How can you tell me about your God? Ah. God, God says, I will not be mocked whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God cannot be mocked. God cannot be mocked whatsoever he says, it shall and it will come to pass. So why don't we stand on God's word and believe him for our miracle? I don't know what you think a miracle is. I don't know what miracle you need in this place today. I know that there is nothing too hard for God. I know God can do exceeding and abundant and above all that we can ask or think. And so whatsoever it is that you need, God can make sure it happens. But you have to believe that. You have to believe that for yourself that God will and God can. God reveal. Uh, when God wanted us to understand miracles, what he's trying to tell us is miracles are the revelation of the great power of God. You want to know if God is as powerful as he says he is, then let him work a miracle in your life. Stop testifying about what you've heard. Stop testifying about what you've read. And say, God, I ain't testifying no more until you show me for myself, until you give me my own miracle, until the thing that I bring to you, you respond to me and do I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm just going to obey. I'm just going to follow. But I want my own miracle. Help us, Jesus. It's the manifestation 
of God's power. Examples of miracles that God showed us while he walked the earth as the man Christ Jesus. He gave, the blind received their sight, the lame walk, the sick is healed, the deaf they heard. The dead are raised. He multiplied five five loaves of bread and two fishes. He multiplied them. The gospel was preached to the poor. Deliverance was brought to people that was captive. And you can be captive in many ways. You can be captive by your own thoughts. You can be captive by a situation. You can be captive in many ways. And so when God said he came to deliver those that are in captivity, it can mean many things. And so he delivered people that were in captivity. A miracle, the greatest miracles of all, is someone who received Jesus Christ as Lord and as King and repent of their sins and be baptized in his name. And then he fills them with the gift of the Holy Ghost and they begin to speak in a language that they've never spoken in before because that's the power, that's the power, that's the miracle working power of almighty God miracles are signs of the presence of the kingdom we always say thy kingdom come well when you say thy kingdom come you know what it means miracles will begin to happen when you pray and you pray God thy kingdom come thy will be done what you're saying is let the kingdom of God be manifested and when the kingdom is manifested there is miracles there is signs and wonders and demonstration and nothing can hold you uh, and keep you uh, because God's power will deliver you. Uh, God's power will set you free. All miracles are done by God so He can lead you and me closer to Him. Don't you forget that. He's not doing it just to say, look at me, I'm almighty God. We serve a humble God. He humbled himself. He made himself. Oh, God, help me today. He made himself of no reputation. We serve a humble God. And so he's not doing miracles to say, look at me. Look, I'm stunned. Look at me. I can do this. I can do that. No, 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 no. He's doing it because he wants to lead us closer to him. He's doing it because he loves us. He doesn't want to see us suffering. Oh God, help us. Uh, Help us. Help us. Hear me today. That mother saw her daughter suffering. Oh God, somebody help me. That mother saw her daughter suffering and when she saw that daughter suffering she seeked out the Lord oh God if that's a mother of flesh and blood like me and you and Jesus is the king of kings he's the God almighty the creator of all things How? what kind of compassion and love does he have when he's watching and you're staying in your situation while he's watching out of heaven and you're just comfortable where you are living in 
in bondage, living in captivity, living in a place that is not where God wants you to be. He's looking out over you and crying out like this woman saying, my children, you don't have to live that way. My children, you don't have to stay in that situation. My children, you don't have to suffer like that. My children, you don't have to go through that. I, your God, can deliver you. I, your God, can save you. I, your God, will heal you. I, your God, will comfort you. I, your God, will strengthen you. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay where you are. God don't need you to stay where you are. You don't have to accept what's going on. Too often we accept where we are. Too often we accept that this is what it's going to be. Let me tell you something. I'm hearing the Holy Ghost. Help us today, Almighty God. Let me tell you, stop intellectualizing your situation. Stop trying to explain your situation away because you're just trying to stay where you are. Stop trying to tell people this and stop trying to tell people that. Stop trying to show this and show that. God is the one that you need to worry about. He is the one you can't deceive. He is the one you can't misguide. He knows just where you are. Later for people, trust the Lord. Seek after Him. Do what He tells you. And let Him give you the victory. Because this lady was desperate. She was desperately in need and in distress. She was not going to quit until she got what she needed. You're not desperate and you're not in distress. Oh, God, help us. Oh, help us. If you know where you are is not where God wants you to be, then you are desperate then you are in need. That's the, probably the plainest way I can tell it to you. If you know, forget about what you think and forget about what other people are saying. Forget about comparing yourself. If you know where you are in God is not where God wants you to be, then you are desperate. Then you are in need. And now you better pick up your game and says, I got to do something about this because where I am is not where God wants me to be. What's going on in my life is not God, what God wants. And God wants me to come out of that. God wants to deliver me from that. God wants to push me forth. And so I got to realize where I am is not where God wants me to be. It means I'm desperate. It means I need a miracle. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I know you wanted to think. Hey, my daughter ain't got no demons. I know you want to think, hey, I'm not blind physically because you're blind spiritually. Hey, I know you want to think I'm not lame. I'm not limping. I'm good. I'm healthy. I know you think, hey, you know, I get up every day and I'm able to walk and talk and I'm able to move. I'm good. Uh, Superficial stuff you're looking at. Superficial stuff you're looking at. God is trying to tell us uh, none of that stuff matters because when you die and you leave here, the only thing that matters is what? Did you do 
with that life he gave you? Where is your soul going to end up? And that's what God is trying to get us. He cares more about your soul than anything else because he realized your body is just superficial. It's dirt. It's mud. It's clay. It doesn't mean nothing. It's just the house that you live in. And one day that house is going to be destroyed. Just like the house you live in right now, you might move out of it one day. Just like the house that you have today, who says you're going to stay in it forever? You ain't going to stay in this forever either. So stop treating it like, oh, I'm going to be in this all my life. I'm going to spend eternity in, in this thing right here. No, you're not. And so you don't think you are in need. You don't think you're in distress. You just think you're not too bad off. There are people that's doing worse than you. She cried after him with a loud cry to have mercy on her. We're not asking God to have mercy on us because, again, we came to church this morning. Again, we prayed. We read the scripture. I put some money in the offering. I'm not doing too bad. So you're not desperate. So you're not crying out. You're not crying after him. Her, her, her cry for mercy. She cried out, God, will you heal my child? Her heart was full of anguish. She, as a mother, she, she, her daughter's situation became her situation. Never before had Jesus not responded to such a cry. This woman was crying out desperately. She was in distress, crying out to Jesus. But Jesus didn't respond. But now he was strangely silent as she's crying out to him. He's silent. He sat still as if he was in meditation too sacred to be interrupted. It was unlike him. Nobody, not even his disciples understood what was going on, what was happening. They could not understand the reason for him just sitting there and not saying one thing to that woman as she's crying out. That's not like our God. You read through all the texts in the Bible. Every person that cried out to Jesus, he did something. He met their need. But this woman cried out to Jesus and he did not respond to her. Listen, oftentimes... The Lord seems silent when we come to him in earnest prayer. This, this lesson better teach you something today. Sometimes you pray to God and you're hearing nothing. You're getting no response and that makes you cut your prayer short. Ain't like God listening. I might as well just get up and go about my business because he's not paying me any mind right now. Well, we're learning something today. We're learning something today. The Bible says God is all-knowing, so he knows what you're praying about. He knows what you're asking. So when you're praying and you feel like God is silent and he's not responded, responding to you, you need to just keep on talking to him. No voice, no answer, but we must pray on. He is listening, for he hears the prayers of faith. He hears the prayers of faith. Some of us pray what we know we're supposed to pray. Those are not the prayers that he hears. When you pray in faith, when you pray in humility, that's the prayer that God hears. What kind of prayer are you praying? Are you praying for God to just do, do you some kind of favor? Are you praying for some kind of situation? Understand how God works. If God, if you just want God to do something for you, guess what? So you can keep on moving. God can't do that. 
God loves you too much to do what you want him to do. This is, what's, this is part of the struggle that we're dealing with. And, and why we end up resisting God and walking away from God and why we don't come to church and why we forsake God because we're praying and asking God for something that God is saying, I can't do that. It's not right now. Because if I do that for you, you're just going to move on and keep on moving until you need something else. And all it's going to be is I'll be giving you your fix to keep on doing what you want. Yes. That's, that's what we've been dealing with. We want God to give us a fix. That's what crack used to do. Y'all don't know about crack. Only some of y'all know about crack. That's what, that's what made crack so crazy because it gave you a high just for a little bit. And then it wears off quickly and you need another hit, another hit. And that's why people was fiending because they needed to keep that same high and had to keep going and keep going. And that's what some of us are doing in church. I need a hit, Jesus. I need a hit. Give me a hit, Lord. Give me a hit. I got a situation here. Will you fix it up? If Jesus could just say, okay, I'll fix that. He'll just watch you and just... Mama Allen had a, a great testimony about that. I never forgot one of her, her testimony, in case y'all don't know. Her testimony was years ago, years ago, um, she, she, was, she had to have a surgery. And she's still doing it till today. She sat on the edge of her bed way back then. She's still doing it today. She sat on the edge of her bed way back then and say, God, I'm kind of nervous about this surgery. But if you, she heard about God, but if you bring me through this surgery, I'll serve you. Of course, he brought her through the surgery. That was prayers of faith. Of course, he brought her through the surgery. She wasn't living for God. She just prayed a prayer of faith. God, if you bring me through this surgery, I will serve you. Sitting on the edge of her bed. No deep prayer, no heavy prayer. She just sat at the edge of her bed and prayed. She went and had the surgery. All was good. She came out. Everything was squeaky clean. She was good and she back to her normal life. I don't know if it was months or weeks later. She's sitting at the edge of her bed chilling. The still voice just rolled up on her. I thought you said when I did that, you was going to serve me. That's how she got in the church. I'm just telling you that to tell you God knows how we are. And so if all we're praying for is for this fix and for this to happen and for that to happen, God is saying, mm, you're just going to take that and keep doing what you've been doing. I got to allow some things to really wake you up. I want to do something so your life will be turned around. Oh, somebody help me. I'm almost done. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm getting right there. Hallelujah. And so, guess what? He finally answered. Jesus finally answered. So he was silent for a while. Then all of a sudden he answered. This is what he answered and sent to the lady. I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So all of that crying she did to God, all of that seeking out, she, all of a sudden he responded and talked about, I'm just only sent to the lost sheep of Israel and you're not one of those. I'm sorry. Remember this. Salvation came first to the Jews. Some of the Jews accepted and others rejected. But Jesus had every intention to bring salvation to everybody. He just started out with the Jews. And so he brought salvation to them. Some accepted, 
some rejected, but everybody was going to have salvation. Can I tell you this? Sometimes God allowed trouble to come your way to get you in the way he needs you to go. I learned that about God a while back, so I try to be proactive. You want me to explain that? I know that if I fool around and not serve God, he's going to let trouble come my way. That's what I know. So you know what? I'd be proactive. Lord, what do you want me to do? Just let me, just tell me now. I need to minimize the troubles I will experience. I know I'll get a little here and there, but I want to minimize it. You want to maximize your problems? Keep playing with God. You want to maximize your problems. You want to have serious problems. Keep dancing. Keep straddling. In today, out tomorrow. Keep saying, I'm going to do this. Today, I'm going to do this. Just keep on making this these empty promises and you will see you will get some big problems sooner or later when the pro- this is how it works god didn't put the problems on you what he does is he allowed the problems to come if you're not playing games he will stand before the problem and say, no 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 you're not taking over my child no 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 but if you're playing the games he just go ahead that's what you're trying to do go ahead because he can deliver you when the problem take you over but you won't pay attention to him until the problem take you over. Amen. So he just, go ahead, problem. That's what you want? Go ahead. Uh-huh. I don't want to wait till the problem take me over. I want to be proactive. I want to find out what I need to do and do it. And so, even though Jesus seemed to not notice the woman, she drew nearer and nearer and she kept worshiping. Here is where I'm, I'm finishing up right now. You got to get this part. Here is what we do. We come to the altar. We don't feel nothing. We just go right back. The preacher passed me. I didn't he didn't pray for me. We just go sit down. I went to church today. I really didn't get nothing out of it. You don't come back for 2 weeks. We keep seeking after God, but we can't, it's like we're throwing him like a bone. And then when he don't respond, we have an attitude with him. We, 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 what was, what's wrong with us? Hey, here, God, I'll come to church today. You better do something, because if you don't do something today, I ain't coming back. Who you think you're hurting? Who you think you're messing with? You don't think the all-knowing God knows? And so we keep on throwing these little things out, these trinkets out to God, and hoping that he does something great. So we're like, oh, okay, I'll keep coming now, God, because you're doing that. So now what will happen is he got to keep on doing that for you to stay. That's why he won't do it. Because if that's what he has to do every time you come to church, he got to bless you. Then guess what? He won't do it. Because God is looking for a permanent situation, not a temporary situation. Who is looking for a permanent situation? Not a temporary situation. God is a permanent God, not a temporary God. That's why he created marriage. He had not yet answered a word. She had heard nothing from his lips except perhaps the discouraging reply which addressed to his disciple. But still, she persevered. Can we still persevere when we don't hear from God? Can we still persevere when we don't feel nothing? When the service is over today, if I don't preach good, can you just still seek God? Do I have to preach good for you to seek God? Do I have to do real good? 
say, God, I'm going to seek you at the altar. I'm going to call on your name. It don't have nothing to do with me. What you do with God. That's your God. You ain't serving any other God. You're serving the Almighty God and He belongs to all of us. So don't let nobody stand in your way of getting to God. Lord, help me. This time the Lord answered her, but it seemed with cold and stern refusal. It is not meat to take the children's bread to cast it to the dogs. Lord, help us. God called the woman a dog. Oh, that's it. That church is crooked. That church is messed up. I am not going back to that church. God calling people dogs? What kind of God is he? I am not. Oh, no. I thought God was loving and kind. I'm going to find the church that just where God is going to be loving and kind and not call nobody dogs. Well, go read it in the Bible. He said it's not meat to give the children's bread to dogs. Now, you ready to break it down? What he's saying is, just think about a home first. Let, let's work from there. Let's think about you being home and you got your nice pet dog in your home. Right? You got Bear. All right? So just think about it. You home, Bear in the house. You and the family sitting at the table. Usually Bear not eating what you're eating. But Bear will just hang out, you know, by your leg while you're eating. And so if something falls, Bear go get it and eat it. That, that's kind of what the Lord was, that, that's, what he was laying out to her. And so what he was saying is, those that are mine are the children. The people out in the world, they ain't my children. I, I, I created them, but they ain't mine because they're, they're living in disobedience. They're not mine. But y'all that are living in obedience, you're mine. And so what I have is for you. Why would I take what I have for you and give it to them out? This is why I keep telling people, I'm blessed in the Lord. And they don't go to church. They stay home and do what they want. They don't pray, but they blessed in the Lord. Show them that scripture. He ain't going to take the bread that belong to you and give it to them that don't belong to him. He just don't do it. So if you're going to be blessed, it means that you are living in obedience. And if, if, it, if you ain't living in obedience and something happened, it probably just was happenstance. It's just how life goes, how the cycle goes. Sometimes we're just thinking that it's a blessing from God when it's just a cycle of life and nature and all that stuff. And we think, oh, I've got a blessing. No, it's just the cycle. But, man, God, you're so great. He said he had never before so resisted a pleading person. But still the Gentile woman, the unsaved woman, persevered in her appeal. If God called you a dog, you would have been done. He ain't no real God. <laughs> the lady accepted the truth. She accepted the truth of the Lord's word. It was right. She owned that the children should first be filled. It would not be right to cast the children's bread to dog. 
And the Gentile woman, she admit she was a dog compared to the chosen people. I'm giving you the secret weapon to still get some of the food even though you don't belong. God is good. You know, listen to this about God. He is so amazing and wonderful. He always figure out a way to still touch us, even when we're not where we need to be. He will give us a trail, not give us what we need, because here's where to go. You will notice when, 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 when God sent away, who was it? Ishmael. The Bible says he sent away Ishmael with some gifts. But Isaac received the inheritance. So here is, remember I tell you, study the ways of God. Here is one of the ways about God. He will always give gifts to everybody, but only his get the inheritance. He will always give people a little here, a little there. Eh, you know, here's a little gift. You'll be all right. But that don't mean you're going to have eternal life. Because the birthright, the, 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 the blessing of the inheritance, that's eternal. But your gift, you're going to spend that up eventually. That's going to be gone. So people that are not living for God, something may spill over to them like the crumbs that... Like the crumbs that come off the master's table. There are people ain't living for God. They'll get some crumbs. But how long can crumbs last? How long will crumbs take care of you? I don't want just crumbs. I want the whole loaf. I want the bread. I want it all. I don't want crumbs. You want some crumbs or you want some bread? I want some bread, not crumbs. <laughs> she was okay with him calling her a dog. She, is, she was so full of faith. What she did was, I know I'm a dog. But Lord, what wisdom. Well, I guess when you're operating faith, this kind of wisdom take you over. Because she said, Lord, you're right. I am a dog. I'm not one of the children. But don't the dogs get crumbs? Oh, my God. This lady was sharp. She, I don't know. She, I know she couldn't mess Jesus up because he know everything. But if I didn't know no better, I'd be like, man, she messed your head up, Jesus. Because that is amazing. I know I'm a dog. I know you came for the ones that give their life to you. I know. I know I'm not worthy. But God, even the unworthy one get crumbs. Can I get some crumbs? She was sharp. And God is trying to show us, the word of God is trying to show us how you approach God. You approach God in humility. You approach God in faith. And you say, God, I know I'm not worthy. I know last night I did something horrible. I know I haven't been doing right. But God, I know you're a merciful God, aren't you? I know you let crumbs fall from the table. And for right now, I'm not where I need to be. But I know you're so merciful. I know you're so kind. I know I don't deserve any of the crumbs. I know I don't deserve 
have any of the bread, but I know you are merciful. I know you care about people because you created us. I know that, God. Will you be merciful to me, O Lord? Ah, will you be merciful to me, oh Lord? I know I don't deserve the miracle that you will give me. I know I don't deserve it. That woman didn't deserve no miracle because she wasn't chosen. You can get a miracle today even if you don't deserve it. You don't have to have done right. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care what you did this morning. I don't care what you did Friday or last week. Today, right now, if you will cry out to Jesus, you will receive your miracle. Will you stand with me? She pleaded for her share. She asked only for the crumbs which fell from the table. It was a beautiful display of humility. You can claim your share today. Even if you're not in the place to say, I need the whole loaf. You need the loaf because you've been faithful and you've been obedient to God. But if you have not, you can beg God for the crumbs that will come off the table. And a crumb from God will still go so far further than what anybody could ever do for you. And so today you have the opportunity to receive your miracle. He answered, O woman, he said, great is thy faith. The Lord admired, he did, I could just picture that, the Lord admired the faith of this Canaanite woman as he had marveled at the faith of the Gentile centurion. Those who have the fewest of privileges, those who really feel like, you know, things have not been all that great for me and everything have not been all that wonderful for me, those are the people that usually will possess faith. The reason why we keep on hearing of great miracles overseas and not in America. You know it now. We're entitled. We got everything together. Things are just great. We don't need nothing. But those people possess great faith and their faith activate God to do miracles in their life. We don't have faith over here because guess what? Mostly everything we can just get. And when we can't get it, we just say, ah, I don't need it. So it's hard for us to have faith here in America because we get what we want. You go over to foreign soil, they're saying, man, I don't have much to do. But they seek God and their faith is great. Listen, if you're going to get your miracle, there are two obstacles that's usually in your way that stop you from getting your miracle. That lady... You look at her life, you'll see the two obstacles she had to get past. The first obstacle you have to get past to get your miracle is you. Without humility and faith, you will not receive your miracle. You got to get over yourself. You have to do the unthinkable once you get over yourself. Get over yourself. You, you have been your own worst enemy. 
You put limitation on yourself and God don't have no limits on him. You have to put, take off the limits off yourself. You're worrying about how you're going to look, what people going to think of me. And you're just messing up because you're not getting your miracle because that's called pride. I just told you humility is what work and faith. The other thing you got to get past is church people. church people. The disciples were church people. (laughs) The Canaanite woman had to overcome the dismissive attitude of the disciples. And sometimes we come to church and all we can worry about is what people are looking at us and thinking. All we can worry about is if I do this, people are saying this, thinking this. One of the things that I used to say uh, early on when we started this church, because I've, I've watched a lot of things over the years in church. And the, the thing that I, I, one of the things that I just was rubbed the wrong way about is we made it seem like the altar. We only come because something is wrong. Amen. And you know what that did for you? It make you stop coming to the altar because you don't want nobody to think something wrong with you. Amen. And so for years... What we started doing, we stand back in our seats in a chair. Oh, Tom went up to the altar. Man, I wonder what Tom going through. Yeah, Barry always go every week. He got a problem. Yeah. Oh, she never go to the altar. I wonder what's going on. Y'all heard anything? Because she never go. Why is she going today? Whoa. Let me pay attention to see what's going on. And for years... That's what Christian people, church people, made God's altar out to be. So now people are like, mm, I don't know if I'm going to go. When you got a need for a miracle. Forget about these people. Let them think whatever they want. You didn't come here for them. You came for Jesus. You came for the Almighty God because these people can't do what you need done in your life. Forget them. But man, we let this thing Get at us, get at us, get at us. And I decided, and I want y'all to know, forget that. We're going to break that curse. That's a curse. That's a curse. We, we, we don't want that in Christ in the church. That's a curse. You mind your own business and realize, and I will say this to you anyway, the way our God is molding and shaping this church You all are going to come to this altar most of the times for spiritual insight from God. You all don't come to this altar because you're growing so much in God and you're so appreciative to God that you want to come. Just just let him know that you all don't come to this altar because you want to commune with God, not because of problems. I hope I'm preaching and teaching to y'all the right way that problems, you won't even worry about them so much because you will have so much confidence in who you are as a child of God that problems will be the last thing we think about in this church. Not going to think that. they. I know they exist, but it won't be what we think about because we will be so focused. I think it will be that way because you know why? That's how your pastor is. No matter what I went through, y'all know, some of y'all know, Lord have mercy. <laughs> I laugh at my own self. I'll be going through some stuff. 
And all I kept on doing is just focus on Jesus. All I kept doing was, Lord, I'm with you. I'm rolling with you, and I'm trusting you. I wasn't worrying about no problems. I said, God, I know if I trust you, the problems will be taken care of. And because that's my mindset, I pray to God that that becomes the mindset of most of you in this church. That we will let this altar be. That's where we go get empowered, man. That's where we go get our miracle. That's where we go hear from God. That's where we connect with God and, and God do mighty things. And we walk away with big smiles like, I'm ready to take on the world. That's what our altar need to be like. Not anything else. Forget about all the other stuff. And so today, you can have your miracle. The Canaanite woman taught us how to get a miracle. She wasn't even a Christian. And she got her miracle. Be it unto thee. You don't have to worry about where you are with God today. It's how you're going to pursue him. It's how you're going to persevere to reach him. That's all he cares about. I've got plenty of scripture where people wasn't really, really completely saved. But the way how they perceive or pursue God, he touched them so special that eventually they got saved. They got strengthened and all that stuff started working. I always tell people, look at Cornelius. I don't know if you know about Cornelius. Cornelius was a praying man. He gave alms, he treated people right, and he feared God. But he was never baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and he was never filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And one day he was praying, and God gave him a dream and said, Cornelius, send for a man named Peter from Joppa, and he will come and he will minister unto you. And I tell all the Christian people, what about Cornelius? You going to tell me um, he wasn't saved? Or he wasn't no Christian? So we all in a different place in our walk. And all God will do is keep on feeding us and get us deeper. I remember this man named Apollos, an eloquent man. He was ministering. He was so eloquent. He was preaching in the church. But when Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they said, hey, man, you're eloquent. You're sharp. Hey, won't you let me talk to you a little bit and expound some more the word of God so you can be really complete in God so you can keep on doing what you're doing. And Apollo said, tell me. And they told him. And he just kept on going because he was empowered because he received. So you have that. Then you have the disciples in Acts chapter 19 that followed John. And they kept on following John. But they believed in Jesus. They were called disciples of John. And then Paul met them and said, have you heard or have you received since you believe? He was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, we have not even heard there be a Holy Ghost. Paul said, don't worry. Let me explain it to you. And Paul explained it to them and they said, oh. And he laid hands on them and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost and fell out talking in tongues. What's my point? It doesn't matter where you are in God. All God is asking you to do is from where you are, start seeking after him, persevere, and reach for him, and forget about what anybody else thinks. Your miracle is on the way. God is ready to uh, and do something special. God is ready to uh, and give you your stuff, but you can't just sit there. You have to pursue him because you can hold at least, you heard me preach today, at least you can say, God, no matter what, you can give me some crumbs. That's how you got to approach him today. God, no matter what, some crumbs is due to me. 
And I'll take the crumbs off your table any day, Jesus. I might not have the bread because I, have my, I haven't been where I need to be. So I might not be getting the whole loaf, but I'll take the crumbs. Somebody needs to tell Jesus today, I'll take the crumbs. I don't need the whole loaf because I don't deserve the whole loaf. I haven't been walking the way I need to walk, but I'll take the crumbs. At least he got to give you the crumbs. Let's go before the Lord. Five minutes. We don't have a whole lot of time. Five minutes. Let's seek the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Just like you were admiring this Canaanite woman, I admire her today. And she have taught me, Lord Jesus, I am so grateful that you made sure her story was in the Bible. I am so grateful that you recorded her story because it's what I will hold to for a long time. That at the very least, Jesus, I need the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Because God, maybe I have not been what I need to be. Maybe I've been disobedient. Maybe I've done my own thing. But I read in your book oh God that at least crumbs is due unto me and so today I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the crumbs will fall from your table Lord Jesus and oh God fall in our possession so we're able Lord God to eat from the master's table we may not eat what the children were supposed to have. But God, we deserve some crumbs. And today we call upon your name and say, let the crumbs begin to fall upon us. For we need a miracle, Lord God. You know all of our situations, somebody. God wants to give you your miracle today. You don't have to guess. You don't have to begin to have doubt. God wants to do it today. I lose faith upon this congregation right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I release faith in this house that the people of God will know assuredly that if they will cry out to you and surrender and humbly say, Jesus, thou art God, O Lord. Jesus, thou art God, O Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. I need a miracle, Lord God. Somebody intercede for somebody you know. Even if you don't see that you need a miracle, intercede for somebody. Just like this woman interceded for her daughter. Now you need to intercede for somebody in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for a miracle for my sons, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray a miracle in my son's life, Lord God. That God, you will do a work in them. That you will deliver them, Lord God. And that, Lord God, you will do a mighty work in their life, oh God. That's